Hi, this is Jonathan Lee from Centric Worship, and you're listening to the Church Collective Podcast. This is episode number 50 of the Church Collective Podcast. Man, it has been so cool to reach 50 episodes here. If you haven't been with us for a while, you may want to go back and listen to some of the episodes. Um, In this episode, I'm talking with Jonathan Lee from uh, Centric Worship, just about some really, really cool worship leadership stuff. I was just really struck by his heart um, for God and to really just help people connect with Jesus. And I'm sure you're going to love this episode as well. So here we go with the Church Collective Podcast, episode number 50. It was my first time to be a part of that, and it was incredible. We, um, you know, you never know what to expect from those things. Uh, you know, I knew we were going to be recording an album, and I knew that um, they needed to get songs from that retreat. So, I, I, you know, so I wasn't sure if it was going to be like when we get there, it was like going to be like all of this pressure, like, okay, we love you, but we need hit songs yeah. type thing. And uh, that's never, 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 ever a good idea. But, um, but man, to me, the first night we got there, uh, we had a bonfire and we heard from the hearts of the leaders of Centric Worship. And one of the things that they said was, you know, guys, we brought songs this week in case we don't get anything. So we want you guys to know that there's no pressure. We just want you guys to go after Jesus. And then, then they gave an opportunity for everybody to kind of share their heart around the circle and kind of just, you know, their story a little bit. And, and the theme that everybody kind of kept saying was, man, I'm, I'm tired of being f- tired of just writing songs to get a quota or writing songs for radio. I just want to write about Jesus hmm. and just give him glory. And so it kind of gave this collective like permission. I, I kind of kind of liken it to we were allowed to be wild horses and yeah. just run and be who God created us to be. And it was like, okay, this is the direction we want you to run in. But run as fast as you can and and run after Jesus. And so for me, that opened up the whole week just on the right tone. We prayed. We spent time in the presence of God. And that just kind of set us up for me to have an unbelievable, refreshing week that I can't wait till next year. It it was incredible. Yeah, that's cool. So um, how did you guys land on, uh, I I guess, maybe talk a little bit about the songwriting process. How many songs did come out of that? Did you have to pare it down, or were there just like two or three that just stood out, and you're like, these are the ones, and we know it right out the gate? After the first day, uh, Steve was starting to get uh, concerned because we had so many great songs. Hmm. And and, and you're thinking like, okay, we want to do maybe like a 10-song compilation CD, and we got like four or five great songs the first day and was like, whoa, okay. Uh, if if today is any, you know, any sign of what's to come, we're in trouble. And we ended up getting close to 20 songs that week. I think the final number was like 16 or 17. And and of course we didn't we didn't record them all. But I think I feel pretty safe to say we could have. I sure. don't think there was really a bad song that week. Yeah. But yeah, there definitely were a few that had stood out that I think were specific for this project that that the guys from Centric Worship were kind of like, that fits exactly where our heart and our vision is. Sure. And, you know, going back to what I said before, when, when 
I, I think when you take creative people and they're allowed to be who God created them to be and they do it in the direction of the Holy Spirit and God leads them, it's amazing to see what comes out of it. So it was very hard for them to pick songs because mm. there were really a lot of annoying songs that came out of that week. That's awesome. So tell me a little bit about the process of recording it. I mean, we were talking just before started recording this interview. You guys had this retreat, what, about six weeks ago? And, and mm -hmm. now we've got the, the EP coming out here um, already. Yeah. Like, to Tell me a little bit about that process. Yeah, well, <clears throat> they, had, uh, they had hired Michael Farron as a producer, and Michael had assembled an amazing team of musicians. I mean, we had... Gosh, guys that play with Michael W. Smith, Phillips Craig and Dean, Leland, uh, just some incredible musicians. And <clears throat> so Michael had brought that team and they had set up in the chapel that we were meeting at. And, uh, and they were they spent the entire day. In fact, I was kind of felt sorry for them because they they we were in this beautiful location at the Whitestone Inn in Kingston, Tennessee. It was beautiful. But they spent the entire time in the chapel uh, just rehearsing the songs, working on the songs and, and getting everything. And so they actually, um, I don't know if I'm supposed to share this or not, if I'm giving away like the secrets or not, but uh, <laughs> I guess they can edit it out if they need to. Sure. Like, but, uh, but I mean, they actually recorded the songs like a couple of times, just mm. how they were going to play it. Yeah, sure. Um, that way they had it just, they already had like in, you know, and then, then we played it live that night twice. Yeah. And so they had four times to go back and listen to if there were any mistakes they could. And that kind of helped minimize having to go back into the studio when they got back right. and fixing and overdubs. Yeah. So and that really <clears> – and because the idea when you're doing a live project is you want to capture those magical moments as best as you can. Just mm -hmm. where it's you know, kind of free worship and flowing and get the crowd. And um, But that way I – th I thought that was a very clever way because it allowed them to kind of get the songs mixed pretty quickly so we could get it out. Yeah, that's really neat. So let's talk more. <laughs> Maybe you could kind of say a little story about how, like, how do you blend? You're you're doing this songwriting. You're going on these retreats, but then you're also you're a part time worship leader at a church, or like maybe speak to that uh, a little bit. Yeah, man, <clears throat> that's a challenge um, that I'm trying to figure out. Uh, me and my pastor have many conversations about it because it's tough, you know. Because mm. you know, I've been a <clears throat> excuse me. <clears throat> I've been a worship pastor for three years now, and uh, so I'm, I feel like now I'm just starting to get my sea legs a little bit, kind of getting settled in and kind of understanding what's what's my role mm -hmm. as not, not only as a worship leader but as a pastor. Um, and the challenge is time because mm -hmm. uh, it takes time to spend with your people and develop your team. I had a great worship pastor once tell me that. Like my job was like 20% platform ministry and 80% people. Yeah. And you don't really start understanding that until you kind of get into this job and you kind of start living. And it's like, because when I first came in, I was spending a bulk of my time just making sure that our Sunday morning experience was the best that it can be. Mm. And, and and we did a great job at that. But I started under, I started realizing that my team was suffering, their morale was suffering, just then spending time with them is, and hearing their hearts, hearing their dreams and the vision. And it's, it's hard to balance it out with being a songwriter and traveling on the road. And, yeah. and, uh, and so it's, but in some ways, Ryan, it has been the best scenario because as a songwriter, I'm with my people, whether my team or church people on a weekly basis, sometimes two and three times a week, maybe even more than that. Yeah. And so I'm getting to hear kind of behind the scenes where at least the heart of my church is at. Hmm. And so I, 
it doesn't always transcend across multiple churches around the country, but more times than not, God is doing something in the hearts of churches around the country at the same time. Yeah. And so when I start writing a song for my church, that really helps me kind of understand maybe that this could be going on in the heart of another church. And so it kind of helps me keep plugged in. Sure. And, uh, and so, and, and also too, it helps traveling because when I'm in another church and I'm hearing the heart of the pastor, I can kind of go, wow, our church is going through that too. And hmm. how are you guys, how are you guys going through that? What, what are the things, what are the books you're reading? What are the podcasts you're listening to? And, and so, but it, but it, if I'm being completely transparent and honest with you, it's, it's, it's a challenge because a church job is a, is a, is a full-time job. Right. It's, you know, and it, it, it requires your full-time attention because people are people and they need somebody to walk them and traveling and songwriting can be a full-time job mm -hmm. in itself so trying to balance that out and being a husband and a father yeah there you go <laughs> it, you know but but you know what it, it's what god's called me to do and i love it and god is, is giving me the tools to do it and sure. great team around me i've got great worship leaders that lead when i'm not here that do if not as good i mean maybe even better than i do uh you know they, so i'm tremendously blessed yeah Talk a little bit about the discipleship process then. I mean, that's a big, I'm sure there's guys listening to this who are leading week in and week out, and maybe the, yeah. the thought of not even being at the church for the weekend maybe scares them. Maybe they realize they don't have anyone that could actually fill those shoes. I know ton, yeah. tons of worship leaders, like, I can't get sick because there's no one else that could possibly do this. Um, how, how, how could somebody step out and do that? Maybe talk about discipleship where you're doing it yeah. and, and where people could start on that. Absolutely. Well, one of the one of the things that we have just started doing is we've started doing a thing called community nights, and where once a month we get the entire team together. And the idea is, okay, we're not going to rehearse, we're not going to go over anything musical, mm. we're just going to spend time together. And I know that's not it's not an individual discipleship, but it, it gives me a chance as 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 the pastor of our team to share from my heart, but it also gives an opportunity that I let other team members share their heart. And, you know, I, I mentioned earlier that I was talking to one of my team members today. He was sharing a word that the Lord had put on his heart, and he was like, man, I would love to share this with the team. And so I listened to his heart, make sure it lines up with my heart. And I'm like, I'm like, dude, you have a green light. Next time we get together, I want you to share that. And it, it was just a message on humility yeah. and just something that the Lord had been bringing him through. And he's like, man, I just really feel. And so through that, we we also have... Uh, I'm also kind of delegating certain things to my team, like, uh, you know, that guy I was meeting with today, he's our band director. And so one of the things that I'm asking him to do is where I can't necessarily devote all my time to the band, <clears throat> I'm pouring into him with the hopes that he's going to go to his area of influence and he's going to pour into them. Mm. Now, my door is always open. My phone is always available. Anybody on the team has access to me anytime they need to. But just like I said, being a songwriter, traveling worship leader, uh, you know, and, and a worship pastor, husband and father, my time is not always available. And so uh, my pastor has been a huge proponent of, of teaching us that we've got to move from being a workers to equippers and then being multipliers, mm. that we've got to recreate ourselves. And so so that's my goal is I'm, I'm building up leaders underneath me, and then through them they're building leaders underneath them. Yeah. And our core vision, Brian, is is we just want to give people Jesus. Mm. That's really what our vision comes down to. And so I tell my team, you make sure you're giving somebody Jesus today because yeah. everything else doesn't matter. If they have Jesus, they have everything that they need. Hmm. In, in the discipleship process there, could you maybe speak to uh, the tendency for a worship leader to maybe feel threatened by trying to train someone to be better than them? I, I know that's a, that's a paradigm for <laughs> sure. <laughs> 
It, it, it is. And we've we've battled some of that here. Uh, I've battled it. You know, we have some young, talented kids that come in. I say kids. I look a lot younger than I actually am. <laughs> but um, but yeah, we have a lot of talented people that come in. And I've had to battle my own flesh of saying, you know, wow, wow, they got a lot of attention that week during leading. How do I feel about that? <laughs> uh, but it, it really it really comes down to the principle of getting Jesus. Like I, I teach my team, like we have no we have no songs that are specific for anybody. So if I have a worship leader, uh, you may uh, we may have a girl that sang uh, Revelation song twenty times. Right. Well, okay, it would be easy in her mind to think, well, that's my song. Right. We try to create a culture that says that's not your song. You know, even the songs that I write and bring to the team. I was just telling some team members the other day, like uh, when you're picking through songs. You don't have to. I'm not pushing this on you, but don't be afraid. If, if you want to sing one of the songs that I wrote, don't think, well, that's Jonathan's song. No. I mean, I wrote these songs for the church. And if you feel the Holy Spirit leading you to sing that song, then don't feel intimidated that I'm looking over your shoulder thinking, oh, you're not doing it right or anything like that. I, I, I don't want anybody to feel like it, it, there's an ownership there. I want my team to champion one another. Mm. I want to create a culture where when somebody stands up and leads worship, everybody's in the, in the backgrounds going, come on, you can do it. We believe in you yeah. because we, we want to build up leaders. It's, I realized really fast and really early part of doing this job that I was going to be gone a lot. And so I started letting multiple worship leaders lead even when I was here. Mm. And we've been doing that for three years and I'm and I'm increasing it even more. I even talked to my pastor the other day, hey, what do you think about maybe once a month having an, another worship leader lead the entire service? And he yeah. was like he's like, how do you feel about that? I'm like, you know, I, I think I'm good about that. And I believe by showing that example to my team is mm. going to help my other worship leaders be okay with that. It's hard. I, I met with Ross Parsley a couple years ago mm. who was um, he's now a pastor in Texas, but yeah. he was worship pastor at New Life in, in Colorado Springs. And, and one of the things that he told me, and it really stung, but we were talking about being worship pastors. And he was like, Jonathan, in the next five years, the thing you're going to battle the most is is being relevant. Hmm. And he said, there was a day that, you know, he goes, I was the guy, integrity worship leader, and I was traveling and singing. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, you had John Egan, Glenn Packham, and Jared Anderson came in. And everybody was like, Ross who? And right. he's like, whoa, well, wait a second. <laughs> he said, it's your job. <clears throat> the Lord told him, he said, it's your job to train these young guys. Hmm. And so, so we're trying to instill that at our church is that, look, God's going to work through seasons. He's taking you through a season. And when that's done, you're going to train that next generation because it's, it's about giving people Jesus. And if that's really your heart, you're not going to mind handing the platform over. Hmm. It's all about Jesus. Giving people Jesus creates an attitude of being servants and leaders with, yeah. with discipleship on hearts. So hopefully that, that's <laughs> kind of vague, but hopefully that helps a little bit. Oh, that's good stuff. Um, yeah. You mentioned, too, like as you're listing your worship pastor, songwriter, um, and then husband and father, maybe speak to that a little bit. How do you keep that at the at the forefront of everything? Yeah, uh, <laughs> all of this I'm telling you today is work in progress. Sure. Uh, I, I definitely don't have it figured out, but um, you know it's a challenge because my wife doesn't sing. Uh, I know in some situations, a husband and wife kind of work together, so that kind of helps yeah. 
create, you know, a bond together and they're spending time together. So it, we've had some challenges there because my wife, she loves music, but she's not really musical. And so, so you know, like every time we practice and we have extra things, <clears throat> uh, you know, she's not at a lot of those. But when we have things like community nights, uh, I invite her to those things because not only do I want to spend time with her, but I want my team to see her in a leadership role. But I just, I have to be intentional. One of the things that I do, and it doesn't always work, but I kind of take a punch the clock mentality and you kind of, you kind of can't do that as a pastor a hundred percent, but, right. but it helps some when I just, when I go home, our, our office hours are from nine to four. And so I go home and, and I try my best to not, you know, jump on the computer and, and work on church things late at night. I, right. I, I try to go in and say, okay, it's family time. This is, this is it. And, and yeah, occasionally I get the phone call, hey, we need you at the hospital to go pray with somebody or there's a counseling session or, or something like that. But more times than not, if I just kind of shut everything off, get time with my family, it, it keeps us healthy together. Yeah. And my wife works at the church as the nursery director. And so we get to see each other on a regular basis. That's and cool. Yeah. So just kind of have to be creative. Sure. And what are you doing um, to keep yourself spiritually healthy? Are there any books or passages or anything that you're really camping on lately? Yeah. Um, well, that's always a work in progress. <laughs> uh, I have a few. Uh, I'm not. I'm not a huge book reader, and that's something that my pastor has really been drilling in me to be better about. You know, um, I don't know why, <laughs> but it's just uh, books have just never like. I would rather. I would rather listen to a book than read a book. But, um, you know, I've been reading a few leadership books. I loved John Maxwell's 21 Irrefutable Leaders, uh, Laws of Leadership. It was a great book. Um, I was just reading, looking at one the other day, and I can't remember the name of it. But, um, but for me, mentorship has been a huge thing for me and accountability. And yeah. one of my really good friends who's a fellow songwriter, he's been a worship pastor for years. He was a worship pastor in Colorado Springs for 11 years, I think, and now he's in Baton Rouge. But Richie Fike, who's with Integrity. Mm. Um, somebody that I and Jenny Riddle, somebody, but I, I call these people and I bounce ideas. I, I you know, I, I just got connected with John Larson, who's the worship pastor at Church of the Highlands in Birmingham. And yeah. actually, today uh, I'll be talking to him on the phone and just seeking wisdom. You know, I was riding with Richie yesterday and we're so close that there was a moment where I just kind of put the guitar down and I was just like, man, can I share something with you? And sharing frustrations, sharing my heart and things about the church, things about songwriting. And so, as a friend of somebody who I've allowed to speak into my life, he starts speaking into me and giving me strength. And then he starts recommending books and mm. starts recommending podcasts. And so, yeah. I, to me, I mean, a book is great. <clears throat> it is great. But to me, having godly leadership that you can look to that hold you accountable is the greatest thing you can have mm. because iron sharpens iron as one man sharpens another. And so, if I was going to speak to a worship leader right now, encouraging them, go find somebody that that you know is not afraid to tell you like it is. And and grow some thick skin and be prepared to hear what they say, and being willing to sharpen the things in your life. And uh, to me, that's the greatest area to grow. And of course, the Word of God, absolutely. Yeah. Do you have any advice for somebody who feels like they don't have someone mentoring them, or they don't have someone pouring into them? How, how could they find that person? <laughs> well, I, I, I'm a I'm a big proponent that God. God believes in those things, and I believe that God opens doors. I really do. Like one of the questions that I get asked a lot of times when I teach on songwriting, and I, I, I believe that this can speak into this, is that people always say, "Well, how can I get my songs heard, or how can I get on a publishing company, or get on a record deal? How can I get to where you're at?" And I, I'm a big believer that I mean, the steps of a righteous are ordered. God has a plan for us. 
if we if we line up with the word of God. Mm. So my advice for for someone uh, who is looking for that is get along with God and begin to pray, Lord, send me someone that can speak into my life. Lord, open the doors. And at the same time, when the Lord lays something on your heart, don't be afraid to be bold. I mean, when I met Ross Parsley, I mean, Ross is not a mentor in my life, but he's somebody that I, I now know I have uh, I have a door where I can talk to him and call him because we were at a conference together. And I know not everybody has that opportunity, but I just, I approached him, sparked a conversation and I just said, man, I know this is out of the blue, but can I, can I call you from time to time and ask and pick your brain a little bit? And he's like, yeah, man. And he actually was the one that kind of led me to John Larson at, uh, at Church of the Highlands, but because he's not really doing worship anymore. But we've got to be bold to ask. Mm-hmm. You know, the worst thing somebody can say is no. And yeah, you will get some no's sometimes. And maybe we don't start off with, hey, it's nice to meet you. Will you be my mentor? Right. <laughs> that might not be the best thing to start off, but it's all about relationships. Our pastor's all the time saying, you don't know unless you ask. Mm-hmm. You know, and sometimes it's an email and just saying, hey, I've been following your podcast, listening to your book. Could I pick your brain for a couple of minutes? And just you're, you're pushing yourself to, to get out there. And uh, I, know that, I know that we're all in different corners of the world, and I know that not everybody has the same resources available to them. And I understand that. But we do have the Word of God. We do have the Holy Spirit. And God will never lead us astray. And I believe that God is going to – he's going to set us up for success. And it, it, success doesn't mean that we're going to have number one songs on the radio. Mm. It doesn't mean that we're going to be huge rock stars. It, it might mean that you are just for your community, just pouring into your church, but God's not going to leave us dry. Mm. And so get in the presence of God and don't be afraid to be bold. That's good stuff. Well, thanks so much for chatting with us, Jonathan. Yeah. I appreciate it. That's it, my friends. As always, please head to thechurchcollective.com and connect with us. We have a new feature on our site. If you go to thechurchcollective.com slash share, you'll have the opportunity to share uh, your story, your rig, your original song, um, and even just to talk about your worship ministry. We really love connecting with people, and we love getting the word out um, to the rest of our community about what's going on with your specific ministry. So we would love, love, love to hear your story. So head over to thechurchcollective.com slash share to share with us. God bless you today.